0: One of my favorite parts about this podcast is we get to press pause on life for a second to think about a specific topic, something that I think we might not take the time to think about otherwise, and one that I think is really important. Today's podcast is like the ultimate of this. We are talking about longevity and the things we should be eating now and the way we should be moving now so that we can be awesome when we are 100. This episode could really be 20 hours long, but I'm going to simplify it a bit and share what I've learned from so many actual experts in a variety of fields on this topic. When you go to exercise or eat a meal, how often are you thinking about your plan based on how you want your body to age and function? Probably not that often, and the goal of this podcast is to totally change all of that. Let's go Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. This podcast episode is one of those that I feel like I need to start off with. I am not an expert and I am in no way claiming to be or trying to be. My intention is to share everything that I've learned from actual experts and bring it all together because you know you can go down a rabbit hole and you can research one certain thing or another certain thing. So I'm trying to bring um, a bunch of different ideas around this topic of longevity and taking time now to plan for our long term health and how we are going to age and really think about it. I think this podcast is going to bring so much value. it's years and years of research and it's something that I am so passionate about and I think that in our busy lives is something that gets so overlooked, but there's nothing more important than working on our body and the strength of our body so we can be awesome. So we're not just going to be awesome in our 30s and 40s and 50s and then just accept that we're going to, you know, age and get weak and our metabolism's going to suck. No. The opposite of this. We're talking about eating and exercising for longevity. And I think that so many of us get into the routine of eating and exercising for now, how we look now, how we feel now, but mostly how we look now, right? We exercise to look good and we eat a certain way to look good, but I think that the, the primary focus should be for our long-term health and our long-term happiness for everything we eat and the way we exercise. Listen, if I wanted to be super thin, I would eat and exercise completely differently than I do. I, my main focus and increasingly so as I get older, I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 in October and I want to get stronger each year, not weaker, but I know that age and the way our body changes and the way our metabolism changes, especially as we go through hormone changes, a lot of that is working against us. So we have to be strategic to be the most awesome 100 year olds we can. I want to still live a very fulfilling physical life in my older years and I want to n- focus on that now because I'm telling you th- those changes the the daily habits need to happen now for the long term for the long term health and happiness and pro- pro- prolonging you know so often diseases or or um, you know different things that will go through in our body will happen. But if we can like prolong them to where they happen to us 20, 25 years later, that's so much better. We just have such a longer lifespan of feeling good and strong and healthy. When we're old, we want to be able to get on the floor and play with our grandkids or listen, bend over and be able to tie your shoes. So the goal of this podcast is for us to hit pause and think how do you wanna look, perform, and feel when you're 60, when you're 80, when you're 100? And what can you do today to support that? So think, how do you wanna look, how do you wanna perform, and how do you wanna feel when you're older? We wanna, I mean, really like like breaking it down and kind of simplifying it, and so many of the things I'm gonna get really deep into, we wanna eat well, and that means lots of protein, And we want to build muscle. And we want to do things that keep us flexible and um, keep us so that we can get up and down off the floor. We want to load up on the muscle without overloading our joints. And we want to focus on the science of exercise so that we continue to get stronger. So there's so many things that we're going to get into today. But like I said, the focus is how do you want to look and perform and feel as you age? So think when you're 60, when you're 80, when you're 100, what does that look like? Most of us are exercising to look good and to be thin, but really we should be for our own health and you know our long-term physical function, we should be exercising, I think, in a different way. And a lot of these changes I really learned recently as I've become more and more fascinated with this topic and I've adjusted. I love running, I love my five miles a day, but I've adjusted how much of that because I think there's so much value in strength training and actually building muscle for the short-term and in the long-term. And for our longevity, we're talking about trying to delay these chronic diseases and the things that could possibly happen to us. So we're going to get into the science behind it. We're getting into diet and exercise. And the bottom line with the science behind it is science is basically telling us that if we aren't exercising now and as we age, we are slowly, slowly whittling away. You know, when you see older people or maybe your grandparents, how they get smaller. It's because they're they're not they don't have enough muscle tone. We need to be stretching and we need to be flexible and we need to build be building that muscles, those muscles. So, you know, to me, an awesome 100-year-old is still carrying their own grocery bags, putting their luggage in the overhead bin in in the airplane, get up and down off the floor. Or, you know, without assistance. Those are the things that I really want to make sure I can do as I age. That's what we're going to focus on today and, and think about how to actually get there, how all the things that we do every day, what we eat and how we move, all plays a role in that and it, it builds up over the years. And this way, we don't wake up one day at age 70 and we're not like, Oh my holy hell, how did I let myself get so weak and gets, you know, so unflexible that I can't tie my own shoes? And sadly, by that point, all you have is regret because you're you're not young enough to do all the things. And this is an accumulation of all the years and all these things that are really kind of, you know, supporting our body into older age. I also think that balance is so important. Unfortunately, so many older people slip and fall and don't recover. And I think that balance is so important and muscle. Right now, if you fall, most likely nothing happens. But later in life, the probability of something bad happening is so much greater, especially as you age. So we need to really protect our bodies and do what we can now in case that happens. I mean, even now my balance is not what it used to be. My flexibility is not what it used to be. So I'm working on it and I'm doing exercises um, with weight. So standing on one leg and doing doing weighted exercises and doing flexibility and stretching in the morning before I work out. And then at the end of my workout before bed, whenever I can get it in to really always be stretching and also get up and down off the floor. You know how we don't want to pick things up sometimes like it makes you want to grunt. We need to be getting up and down all the time so we can still do it when we're older. So now I focus my workouts on how I can be an awesome 100-year-old. Get up, get down on the ground, stretch out. Don't let yourself get stiff and lose flexibility. I do lots of lunges and squats. I try to load up the glute, not the quad, and try to make it so I'm building muscle, but I'm also not going too hard on my joints, which is really important. I started researching this whole concept that I had never heard about before called muscle-centric medicine. So basically, the whole philosophy is is that muscle is the largest organ in the body. Muscle is responsible for so many functions throughout the body, and it's at the cornerstone of your health. So in muscle-centric medicine, it's all focused about the muscle, and that it's the most important organ system to get right when we're talking about aging. Can you imagine? The most important organ system uh, for aging is the muscle. And this whole concept is something that's so fascinating and something I believe in so much because I think that so many people are worried about being overweight, but what we really should be worried about is being under-muscled as much as anything else. So rather than thinking, I mean, of course, you wanna be you know at an appropriate weight for your body to age well but i think we worry so much about being overweight and we don't worry enough about being under muscled because the reality of it is most people are under muscled and so many diseases diseases start in the muscle tissue first we're not over fat we have unhealthy muscle and you know there are so many diseases heart disease and so many other diseases that can form or develop faster from having unhealthy muscle. So muscle is at the foundation of so much. And like I said, really digging into this concept and realizing how important of an organ system this is, especially in this conversation of aging and longevity, I was like, oh my gosh, I just... I just love it. I I can't get enough learning about this because think about it. Most older people that you see are under muscled and that's why they learn, lose strength and flexibility. And that's why they start needing so much assistance. I want as little assistance as possible. I want to do things now to keep my body strong. Like I said, from an exercising perspective, of course, there's a place for cardio, and I think that that sweating every day is so great. But muscle is one of the best ways that you can really change your metabolism. And as as most people know, when you're doing cardio, you're basically you know you're using the carbs and the fat in that moment. You're burning calories in the moment. But with um, strength training and with lifting weights at rest you can impact your overall caloric intake and how many calories you burn. When you exercise and build muscle, muscle builds calories at rest. So you're still burning even after you're done exercising, which I mean, who doesn't want to sign up for that? And looking at the long-term adjustments in metabolism, muscle is a key factor in that. And we're going to get into hormones and, and other things in a minute. But So think about, The most important organ for longevity is your muscle. And when you think about the impact of muscle, there's just something, there's something that happens there. When we're young, we have hormones, our hormones are strong, and we can really drive and build muscle easily. It's important that we think about this and change our diet and change our exercise as we age because as we know it becomes an uphill battle our metabolism changes and you know we have hormones thrown into the mix and for women we lose so much muscle during menopause and then because of the muscle loss our metabolism changes and our tolerance for carbohydrates decreases so the change in metabolism In the skeletal muscle, just becomes resistant to things. So we want to be strategic, and we want to know that we have. You know, as we know, it becomes harder to stay fit as we get older. And in our thirties and in our forties, it it starts to change, and it changes. You know, as we get older. But the the upside of this is, we can be strategic and listen to our bodies and know what our bodies needs to age gracefully and kind of combat that. So we're gonna talk about that in the form of muscle training and in the form of diet. I talk a lot about eating lots of greens and lots of lots of plant-based and as many vegetables as you can. In this episode, we're gonna focus more on the protein side of it and how protein affects the muscles because I think that's really important. So as far as, I talked a little bit about slip and falls. As far as mortality goes and you know risks of death the higher muscle mass you have the greater your survivability is if you do take a fall in my own life with my grandparents it's been so difficult to see that oftentimes one fall is what led to the you know the the downturn of their health whereas i realize now if they were stronger perhaps they would have had a higher rate of survivability. So we should really work on building muscle now while we have the flexibility to do so. That's what I'm saying. We don't wanna wake up at 70 with regret. Now we wanna focus on not just exercising to be thin for this weekend or for summertime, but we wanna be working our bodies so that we have stamina, so that we have muscle, and so that we have flexibility. And we know that the higher the protein is in your diet, the more muscle mass and the better your bone density is. This is just so important. Fractures and falls are one of the things that really devastate our older population. There's a very high death risk from falling. But what science has told us and experts have really learned is the chance of dying from a fall is really very preventable, but it doesn't happen overnight. So doing this at what experts call midlife is very key. Midlife optimization of your skeletal muscle is so important. And that's why we're talking about this now. And this is not a senior podcast. This is a podcast for today, for now, whatever age you're at. There are always things that we can do today to set us up better for aging uh, for aging and for having good physical movement and motions as we age. Especially, like I said, with hormones, so much changes in our body and strength exercise is so important because as we grow older, we lose muscle math and we lose strength and we lose function. So rather than thinking about losing fat now, let's think about it as far as building muscle and building strength. A lot of problems can happen in your skeletal muscle like diabetes and a whole bunch of different diseases. So if we focus on this now, we can really prevent or at the very least delay these things from happening. There is so much more that goes into this than eat less and exercise more. And I think that's what so many of us are on the program of. Exercise more, be more fit, eat less. But what we're really talking about here are two main factors, optimizing your nutrition and getting on a good strength training plan. That's what it all comes down to. We're thinking about building muscle instead of just exercising more and thinking about the importance of high quality animal-based proteins. Protein is so important, and I thought I was getting enough protein, but when I really looked into this and the science behind eating proteins, it is so important. So when we're younger, we have a little bit more of a grace period, as we know, with what we eat and how it actually affects our body, which is good. It gives us some cushion and some time to figure it out. But as we age, our skeletal muscle becomes resistant, which basically means the protein doesn't work as efficiently as it used to. So we have to change our nutrition. And we have to understand that dietary protein midlife can really, really, really ward off all the physical aging changes. Like we talked about, older people often get smaller as they get older. It's so important to fuel our body with the right foods and protein is just, I think, the top of the list for this. So let's break it down. Let's quantify it. How much protein do you need and are you getting enough? So we need about 30 grams of protein per meal is the minimum and 50 grams is the max. So like a full organic chicken breast is usually about 40 grams of protein. So you should be having that much protein at every meal, and I'll get into a little bit later um, about spacing out meals and how that works and and how it reacts in the body because that's very important. But thinking about having this much protein and thinking about changing things as your body changes and as you age and as your hormones change, and research shows without a doubt, most women are not getting enough protein. So most the average woman gets 60 grams of protein a day and the average man gets about 100 grams of protein. That's really low. And I figured, I I found kind of one really easy way because for me, all these things like, wait, I don't know how much like in, you know, this many ounces of protein versus this many grams of protein, I need to make it very practical. So I'm making sure I hit it every day and it's not too complicated to where I'm measuring food, weighing food, that's just not how I operate. So this is what really progressive dietitians say that you should get. One gram of protein per your ideal body weight. So if you weigh 125 pounds, you should get 125 grams of protein per day. Now, they also say it should be your ideal body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, but your goal is 150 pounds, then you should eat 150 pounds of protein to to a day. Think about it in terms of per meal, and that's 30 to 50 grams. And the reason why this is so important is it takes this amount of protein to stimulate the muscle tissue. So if most women are getting 60 grams of protein a day, you're probably only stimulating your muscle tissue once, or if you're lucky, twice a day. So this is how we get kind of that term, like this is how we get skinny fat. You lose muscle tissue, but you can gain body weight. And I know it's hard a lot of times for women to get enough protein, but for me, it's just a matter of meal prepping and having that lean, organic protein available. And I usually start with that. Like if I'm just having like an on the go food, I'll have two chicken breasts, and some veggies, then I'll eat kind of what I really wanna eat. So maybe it's my favorite protein shake as kind of finishing just to make me nice and full. And what we've learned about meal spacing and all that, I'll I'll get into, but you need 30 to 50 grams of protein per meal. So in order to make this actually happen, have it readily available. So you're not having to try to always like, you know, order in food or go out for it or cook something, you know, for every meal. It's a lot of protein to be cooking and sometimes protein is kind of the you know, hardest to cook up on the fly, good proteins are just so good for you. It takes more metabolism to burn proteins in the body than carbs, so it's so much more optimal for your body. Studies have shown that there is no downside to only benefits to increasing your protein as long as you keep your calories and your carbs in check, like you don't want to just add on a bunch of protein and not make sure that your carbs and calories are kind of regulated too. I really think that today with all the different diets and, and the different diets that people subscribe to, some of them fad diets, some of them more long-term diets, I really think that we're dieting and over-dieting and we're depriving our body of what it really needs. Now, some people have said, and and in this topic there's I wanted to mention because it's an interesting point, some people think if we eat too much protein, it can, gets converted into glucose in the body, which is actually true, but it's not a bad thing. It's a better strategy to get in your carbs and allow your body to actually generate the glucose. When you think about it, there's just never a study that's been said that you can get too much protein. And the body does require glucose, but it is so much better for your body to generate it rather than actually consuming it. It really helps increase your lean muscle mass, which is what we're really, really getting to. And again, you don't want to just increase your protein without regulating the rest of it. I think it's the most important thing you can do for your diet for longevity is increase your protein, but make sure you don't have an already high calorie diet that you're just adding more to. I focus on eating my protein first and then I crave the other things less. I always have healthy sweet treats. I talk about it all the time, but if I fill up on my proteins, I eat less of the other stuff. So I'll make protein balls or protein cookies or Um, you know, peanut butter or other things, which I love, and I don't want to deprive myself of it. But if I eat that when I'm starving, I eat a ton of it. And it ends up being maybe more, even though it's not a refined sugar, it might be, you know, kind of more sweet, more sugary, and it just might be more calories. I love almond butter and peanut butter and avocado and salmon. I love a lot of fatty foods, but I find that I if I eat my lean protein and my vegetables first, I fill up on that stuff. So that I'm still eating all the other things I want to eat, I'm just eating less of them because I'm not eating them uh, when I'm just when I'm starved. I fill up on the proteins and the veggies and then I eat the other stuff. Let's talk about good proteins. So here are the things that I think are the most important when looking for healthy proteins that are really giving your body the most nutrients. Grass-fed organic beef is absolutely the best type of beef and it's more expensive and it's harder to find. I try to go to restaurants like True Food Kitchen or or restaurants that I know has it on the menu, grass-fed beef, or that's what I buy and that's what I cook at home. Also, wild-caught fish. So if you're at a restaurant, if you eat out a lot, ask if the salmon is wild-caught. The best type of fish is always gonna be wild-caught. It's gonna have a lot less of the junk in it and a lot better for you. And then, of course, organic chicken. Organic chicken is really my go-to because it is lean. It's You, know, you can really overdo beef, in my opinion, and you can overdo fish but you, it's hard to overdo organic chicken. It's low in calories. It's a great protein. It goes well on salads. It goes well with a lot of things. Also, eggs are a great source of protein. I do protein powders. I do what I call my 120 shake each day to get in my collagen. I call it 120 shake because I swear it's going to help me live to be 120. But it's important to note that I think that all this stuff is really great and protein shakes. But... Collagen protein is not a true, complete protein source, so you can't really count this towards your protein, but you can count the protein if you're going to do whey protein or things like that, but we want to think also when we're thinking about our proteins and the way we're consuming them in meal thresholds and how many carbs can you have per meal without having a phase two insulin response. So protein causes a phase one insulin release, which is what we want. But if you have too many carbs, which is usually over 40 carbs per meal, then it creates a very robust response. Then you're in a different phase in your insulin response, and then you're kind of chasing your blood sugar all day. So what I've learned is, and which is really, really fascinating, is eating lots of small meals all day and that being the best way to eat is totally a myth. You'll never turn over that muscle tissue. We're just not triggering that muscle tissue this way. So you want to have set meals and make sure you're getting lots of protein. It's really about the amount of protein you get at a given time. So make sure you're getting your minimum of 30 grams of protein per meal. It will change your metabolism. And there's a whole bunch of other things I haven't even touched on, like it'll increase your brain function and the way your body works and your clarity and all. that kind of stuff. So the worst thing you can do is graze all day long when it comes to longevity. And when we're talking about how the body works and how the body functions, it's really crazy because, you know, through the years, different diets come out and different strategies come out but protein is just the most important macronutrient. So we just have to have a plan and a strategy for how we're going to distribute it throughout the day and think about our carbs versus our fat versus our proteins. So the the whole thing for me, and like I said, this podcast could be 20 hours long. I love health and nutrition and I love longevity. And I think that as we age and as we think about aging, most of us think about depression when they think about aging. Like, oh, aging sucks. I don't want to get old. And listen, there are so many hard parts to aging and our body changing and us feeling like we can't function like we're used to doing. But this, the whole point of this podcast is to empower you and give you really practical thoughts and I hope this podcast flowed nicely because I had so many notes from all these different experts and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just focusing on one strategy of this. I wanted to focus on all the different things and all the things that I've pulled together that I think are really practical and really You know, easy to add into your daily routine so that you can really function well now, but also be thinking about the future and not think about aging in a depressing way. Think about it in an empowering way. I am going to be the most awesome 100-year-old that ever lived because I'm still gonna be active and I'm gonna be self-sufficient and I'm gonna be fueling my body and I'm gonna be strong and I'm gonna have flexibility. I'm gonna be able to enjoy life and still have a good quality of life and I'm going to still be fully functioning athletically and physically. That's the word I was looking for. Physically functioning very well as an older person I think is really important. Being able to get up and down and have your body be working well for you at an older age because you've been fueling it all these years and you've been building muscle and stretching and working on your strength so that you are strong and that you can prolong disease or fight off disease well if it happens to you, that you can overcome a slip and fall and it's not devastating or worse, life ending because we're working on our strength and we're thinking about it. And I think a lot of us don't wanna think about getting old. You know, We don't think of ourselves as an old person. We think of ourselves in our age now because we wanna be younger and we wanna be doing the things that are active. And I've always been really fascinated with the concept of retirement because to me, the traditional idea of retirement is like you work your ass off all these years, which are, you know, in theory, your best functioning physical years, and then you retire and then you just kind of relax your the rest of your years out. And for me, I just don't get it. I want to think of life in the whole span of life of being active and physical and strong my whole life and not just in the younger years. And I don't want to think about retirement as like those rest and, I don't know. Rest and be mellow on a chair next to a lake. I want to still be active and strong, and you know, having having a clear mind and an active brain and a strong body, and be able to play with my grandkids and see my great grandkids, and travel, and have interests, and have a sharp mind and a strong body, and not age into you know, not like get smaller and um weak i want to and stiff and not flexible I want to have balance, and I want to be strong, and I think that for so many of us, we don't think that that's possible. We don't think that it's possible to be a strong and active 80, 90-year-old, but I'm telling you, research shows, the experts say and have proof, it is absolutely possible, and the way to get there is by making the right decisions now in our exercise, in what we eat, in how we move, and the things we do every day that make us stronger both in the short term and in the long term. So as we age, we are constantly thinking about our longevity and our overall health, and we're making decisions today in order to be an awesome 100-year-old. So when you're planning your meals and when you're planning your exercise, don't just think about what's going to make you feel good today or look good for this weekend or this summer, but think about what is going to be best for my body for aging and how I'm going to be as strong as I can and as healthy as I can and as awesome as I I can at age 100 because I think that's what it's all about. Is thinking about things now that will really benefit us in the future, especially when we're old. We are going to be the most awesome, old, happy people. I am telling you, together, we're going to get a club together. And we're going to all talk about how we made the right decisions in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s to really be our best, most awesome stel- selves at age 100. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast all about longevity. I hope you got a lot of good tidbits and some things you're going to implement in your life today to be awesome at age 100. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast.